Are you subscribed to the Deeper membership? You'll get every episode a week early and ad-free. There's also a bonus episode every fortnight, even during holidays. I never stop for the Deeper. I've created so much premium content for you there. It's only $4.99 a month, which is like $1.25 a week. Subscribe to The Deeper on Apple Podcasts or Acast Plus for Android. Links are in the show notes. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This isn't about putting trust in government. It's about the bigger message that this is going to send to government and to the people of this country. Because I think, like I said, you know, voting on the principle here, it's really, you know, do you say yes to supporting First Nations people and yes to moving forward with us? Or do you want to go backwards? Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. I pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. This Saturday, if you're Australian, you're going to be asked to vote either yes or no for First Nations and Torres Strait Islander people to have a voice in Parliament. This is a referendum. Now, it can get really confusing, and I know I was, so I wanted to call in someone that knew exactly what was going on and how this all works. This is Millie Telford. Millie Telford, welcome to The Deep. Thank you so much for having me. I discovered you on the Clothing the Gaps Instagram where you were having a fascinating conversation around the yes vote and you had quite a lot of content up there so I'll just jog your memory. It was the clip that you were quite emotional in and it was about understanding how many First Nations people will be voting no and your understanding of that. I don't want to talk for you now, so we'll go into that. But this is the part, I mean, oh, it it's so uncomfortable. And I'm sure as a First Nations woman, it's almost like this is such an important time in history for us, but it is just making us see how truly racist our country is again. Are you feeling that at the at the forefront? Are you feeling like this disgusting racism and anger and vitriol from a lot of people? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in what you've just said. Um, but yes, I and so many First Nations people are definitely feeling, you know, the yeah, a lot of pressure on our shoulders and and um, seeing the impact of as you say, the, you know, racist country that we live in. But I think, you know, this isn't new to us. Like, so I'm a Bundjalung and South Sea Islander woman. Um, I, 
you know, grew up at home, um, like my family's from Tweed Heads, but um, grew up a bit further south, um, a place called Evans Head, went to school in Lismore. Um, and for me, you know, my dad's an Aboriginal man, my mum's white. And so my brothers and I grew up constantly, you know, sort of uh, it, looking at the way that our different families, you know, sort of viewed each other and the racism that our parents um, experienced. And, you know, we we experienced that from a young age. Like I remember um, the first memory that I have of racism is at preschool when I got wow. told I wasn't allowed in the cubby house unless that it was dirt on my skin. You know, and so I think this is, it's not new to us, but I think it's coming to the forefront in, um, you know, what we're seeing play out in the media and the whole country having a conversation about us without us. Um, and, you know, and, and that's incredibly frustrating for us. And I think that's what part of what got me so emotional on the Clothing the Gaps podcast. It wasn't necessarily about being emotional about our mob who were saying no. Like I think our mob who were saying no have every reason to mistrust government and to not have faith in, you know, like the, um, you know, putting hope in the majority of this country to to be able to understand like our struggle. And so I think I think there's validity in that. I think the frustration comes from a place of we're being forced into a yes or no binary. And this is so much more than that. This is about being able to reflect on the brutal history, the colonial history of invasion of this country and, you know, all of where we've come from. We have an opportunity to have a conversation about where we want to go in the future um, and what this moment means right now. But I think because of, you know, the, the racism and the political agenda of people like Peter Dutton and, you know, and others who, um, yeah, are, are using our communities as, as a football and, mm-hmm. you know, and not caring that we are the ones who are facing the consequences of this. Um, and, and so it, it's all of that, that I think, you know, that just, yeah, is compiled on our shoulders right now. I think a lot of people, white people, non-Indigenous people are confused deeply confused by this. A lot of them don't even understand. (laughs) It's so basic, but they don't understand that this isn't already in play. They think the yes vote means something completely different. They think what um, is being called upon on Saturday the 14th is not already instated. Does that make sense? So I was having a conversation with friends and they were like, no, 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 that's already in place. They already have a, a say and a, a representative in government. They already have that. I was like, no, babe, they don't ha- have that. They're like, why wouldn't they have that? We've, we're a, a progressive community. We're a, a, a first world country. Like, why wouldn't they? And I was like, that's the fucking point. We don't even have that. So I think that there's this starting point where people actually don't even get that this very elementary thing hasn't even existed. And I think that we're the only country in the world, and mark me if I'm wrong, that our Indigenous people do not have a voice in Parliament. Are we the only country in the world? Like, I believe even America, and I thought they were behind us. Um, we're the only Commonwealth country that without a treaty and there are, I, I couldn't 
I couldn't say whether we're the only country without a voice to parliament either, but there, you know, when you look at countries that have colonized their indigenous people, like a lot of those countries do have some form of a representation to their government where indigenous people can have a voice. And so whether that's a, yeah, like a, a, a voice to parliament or an assembly or, um, and, and, you know, like some countries even have dedicated Indigenous seats um, where, you know, where it goes beyond just having an ability to have a say on issues that affect us, but mm-hmm. actually having people at the decision-making table who can make decisions about our own affairs. Some of those um, in places where there are dedicated Indigenous seats, they are for Indigenous people to represent their own communities. Whereas what we do have now, um, you know, we have the most Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in Parliament right now at um, state and federal levels, and that's incredible. We need to see more of it. But those senators and members of Parliament, they represent their entire electorates or their entire states. They, they're they not there representing um, like they're first and foremost, they're Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, but they have a, a job remit that's much wider than that mm-hmm. and they have to be able to speak I think it helps, and I'm not trying to dumb down any of this for the audience, but I think we need to enter this like beginners because for somehow there's so much being misunderstood. It was like when we had a male representative in government for female <laughs> for female yes. issues, right? female gendered issues, whether that's reproductive, all the way to pay, like a man was representing us. And I think it's a great example because you cannot have a non-Indigenous person representing or understanding Indigenous people or their views or their voices or their say or their rights or their needs. And I think when we break it down like that, people are like, oh, is that what you're talking about? We're not talking about, and I think people are getting really scared. We're going to say yes, and then angry First Nations people are going to come into the into parliament and going to, you know, rip everything to shreds and, and the culture and community as we know, even as damaging as that is to First Nations people, will be turned on its head. Like I think they are are confused about the power and what it means. Can you please explain what the yes vote will do? Absolutely. So um, I think, you know, what people need to understand is that um, the referendum is coming October 14th, Saturday, October 14th. Everyone will have the opportunity to vote. And really, referendums are about voting on a principle. And this referendum is about voting on the principle of whether or not Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people should have a say on issues that affect us. Um, and 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 what that means is, um, you know, by establishing a representative body known as the voice to parliament and um, and why you need a referendum to do that. Um, you know, it could just be legislated in parliament and, and that just um, becomes something that they do. But um, why it's going to a referendum is to be able to have this enshrined in the constitution, which means that it will exist there forever unless there was to be another referendum, which was to take it away. And why that's important is because um, we don't have a mechanism right now to be able to have our voices heard um, by politicians. You know, I think it's why there's so many different avenues that our mob have to creating change, whether that means getting out on the streets, rallying and protesting, or, you know, trying other ways to be able to um, have have our voices heard. Um, and so 
you know, we've, but we've had different bodies over the years. So some people might ref, um, may or may not remember ATSIC, which was the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um, uh, Commission. Um, there was the Congress of, of Australia's First Peoples. But when these representative bodies um, came about and they started to speak truth to power and actually question government on some of the, you know, harmful, hurtful, racist policies that were being forced onto our people, as soon as they started challenging government, they got abolished because government weren't happy with what they were saying. And so they just went, no, um, that's it. We're going to defund these, um, you know, these different uh, uh, representative bodies. And so that's why we need to go to a referendum to have this um, enshrined in the constitution to be able to ensure that, you know, going forward for generations to come, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, the first people of this country can have a say on issues that affect us. And I think what I what is really important, and you sort of touched on this, like, you know, in the example, comparing this to a minister for women being, you know, being a man um, and how ridiculous that is. What we know, um, so it was a part of a messaging research project called Passing the Message Stick. And one of the things that we tested with all different audiences um, was this idea of when people are, um, when people most affected by an issue have the opportunity to have a say on, you know, in decisions that affect them, um, they're best placed to know the solutions and, you know, the things that work and don't work for those communities. And so whether you're talking about women or you're talking about people with a disability or people living in regional and remote areas across the country, those people are going to be best placed to have a say on issues that affect them. And that's what this is. It's an opportunity for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to have a say on issues that affect us. And so the referendum is an opportunity to vote on whether or not you agree with that. Um, and and it's, it's pretty simple. I think there's so much more that uh, I can say, but that's really yeah. the, the basics. And I just, for me, I don't get how it is actually a vote. And I think that's the thing. And I'm not living your experience as a First Nations woman, but that really affects me like that really angers me that makes me very sad that this is a vote and I and I get why it's a vote I understand the 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 practice that we need to go through yeah but I feel I don't understand why anyone would ever say no and I uh, and I want to move now into obviously there's the racism element which is why people would say no the misinformation that is being spread uh why people would say no um i just it's it feels like a human right to be able to have a say on something that's yours you know if someone walked into my home and started telling me what to do and forcing me into this corner or making me do things their way, the injustice of that is just so, yeah, I don't even have the words. It just makes me so upset that I just don't understand on like a human basic level how people don't know that this is the right thing to do. Taking out First Nations people in their reasoning and saying, no, we'll get to that in a second, but I just What's some of the feedback you're getting when you're hearing from people that are like, my votes are no? Yeah, I think it's important to go back to what you said earlier, which is that a lot of people are confused, but 
there's a, a reason why they're confused. And I think that has, that's been, um, you know, a specific tactic, like a, you know, the strategy of, um, really the far right, you know, the people who don't care about First Nations people, the people who don't care about, you know, um, that like marginalized communities in society who, you know, really only care about themselves and, and them being able to be in power. And all they had to do in this was create confusion and fear. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's what they've done um, and, and create mis- yeah, misinformation and disinformation. And so, what gives me hope, like I mentioned the messaging research project I was a part of, and what we found in that is that the majority of people really genuinely care about um, First Nations people and want there to be, um, you know, they can acknowledge that there has been a you know, brutal history where our people have been treated unfairly and they can agree that things should be better. Um, and they, you know, they, they want, they want unity. They want us to move forward together. And I think what, um, you know, what, uh, the racist no campaign has done has told this lie that that um, that having this would create division, which ultimately would take us backwards. And so it makes sense that people are like, well, I don't want to go backwards. Like, I want things to be good. Like, I want things to be better. Like, and so um, you know, I think I think it's important to acknowledge that and acknowledge that I, I do really believe that this country. Um, you know, the majority of people out there want things to be better. I think it's just about being able to see what does that pathway look like? How do we ensure that, you know, we get to have a say as First Nations people, um, you know, because our voices have, um, you know, really been sidelined in this. There have been political players that have just been, um, yeah, playing political football and that's incredibly frustrating. And so it's understandable that people are confused and are not sure where they sort of fit in this Um and, you know, and the, what we did find in that research as well was that two thirds of, of um, non-Indigenous people wanted to hear from First Nations people before they made up their mind on how they were going to vote about this, because the majority of people felt really uncomfortable making a decision that impacts someone else's life. Um, and so, you know, I think that in itself shows that people do want to do what's right. I think there's just been so much lies and information in the media, you know, the role that the, the, the media has, has amplified those racist views. And that really hasn't, um, you know, it hasn't helped us. We've had to constantly respond to that rather than tell our own story about who we are and the strengths that we have. And the, you know, the incredible fact that, uh, you know, we are the oldest living culture in the world. We live sustainably here for tens of thousands of years. Like we have so much knowledge. We're so rich in culture. And, you know, even in a modern context, like post-invasion, we are the ones who, when we've taken control of our own affairs, like, you know, in the 60s and 70s when Aboriginal people were setting up health services and legal services, um, you know, controlled by our own people, we were getting, you know, best outcomes. And actually our government since then have modelled their free legal aid and free healthcare and all of that off our people. People don't know that. I didn't know that. You know, yeah. And so, like, for us, like, when First Nations people are in the driver's seat and able to control our own affairs, everyone actually benefits from that, Um, you know, and I think that's something that, yeah, I wish more people knew. I posted something about, I mean, if you can't tell already, my vote is a yes, but I posted something about that and it was it was sad, you know, the DMs I was, the racist DMs I was getting, but then surprising as well from some family members, which we actually have Aboriginal blood. So I was really surprised because 
he was referring to Anthony Mundine and his stance. And I kind of went down that rabbit hole and I was looking at some of the First Nations people which are voting no. Um, And I get it. Like I completely respect what they're saying. Like it's so valid. But I wonder if it also kind of relates back to this group of people, um, especially migrants and around, do you remember vaccines and they were doing anti-vax protests and it was all around government and distrust for government. And a lot of these people were of minority groups that had come to Australia and maybe been here, maybe second generation and just didn't trust the government, so didn't trust the vaccinations and, and were marching. I didn't and, trust the government. <laughs> right? And you're seeing, and I guess they're sometimes coined as conspiracy you know, conspiracy theorists and things like that because they push against mainstream beliefs. But really it comes down to something which is distrust. And I'm seeing in a similar type of person that's non-Indigenous, that's following, there's no messaging from the point of view of a Indigenous person because they also feel very seen in that. They also don't trust they feel a connection to that. What do you, or what's been your experience with hearing from Indigenous people that are saying no? What 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 are you, what are the what are the top line messages that you're hearing? So, I think. You know, it's really important that people understand that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, like we, we are incredibly diverse people. Um, you know, we, you know, um, right across the nation, like we have different clans and and nation groups and language groups, and um, you know, and, and that's there's be- there's so much beauty in that. Um, but we also have a diversity of political, you know, opinions, and we should be able to have a political spectrum just like any other community. And I think, you know, that's what has been so frustrating in this as well is that, um, you know, I understand that people want to hear from our communities, um, uh, but, you know, but trying to force us to all get on the same page, like it's never going to happen. Um, I think there's, you know, there's everyone has such an important role to play in, um, you know, in, in having responsibility for making the world a better place. Like that mm-hmm. is the core value that my parents always instilled in me. Um, it's why I do what I do. But I think, you know, we all, whilst we can have um, sort of shared values and a shared um, vision for the world that we want to see that does respect everyone and that, you know, everyone is able to thrive, we have different pathways of getting there. And so, you know, and, and that's okay. Like, need people to play different roles in order to create the scale of change that's required in this country. And so I think they're, you know, for mob that are, that are challenging this, I think there's lots of different reasons. Like there is definitely a mistrust in government. I have a healthy mistrust in government. Like, but for me, this isn't about putting trust in government. It's about the bigger message that this is going to send to government and to the people of this country. Because I think, like I said, you know, voting on the principle here, it's really, you know, do you say yes to supporting First Nations people and yes to moving forward with us? Or do you want to go backwards? 
backwards, you know, and, mm. um, or do, do you say no? And, and why I say go backwards is that I really do feel like a no would have an impact on so many other campaigns and issues that our people have been trying to fight for. Um, and so in terms of, yeah, there's a mistrust in government because over the years we've had so many times where government has, you know, either made promises and then broken them or have, um, you know, had really harmful policies or, you know, agendas that have hurt our communities. Um, and so that's very valid that people don't trust that. Um, you know, there's there's questions around how this body will truly be representative because, as I said, you know, we are so diverse. And so uh, how do you make sure that all the different communities, all the different experiences across the nation can be heard in this? And I think what's important for people to understand is that first the vote will happen and then after that there'll be, if this gets up, there'll be a consultation period with First Nations communities to work out what the model actually is. It hasn't been decided yet. That's part of where our communities need to have a say in what it looks like. Um, and then, you know, and then in terms of other reasons, like it's because this this proposal came about um, as a, as a um, you know, a, a compromise position under a conservative government. What I mean by that is that it originally came about as a part of the Uluru Statement um, under the Morrison government at the time, I believe, like under the um, the Liberal National Party. And, and that's when it was put forward as, you know, the Uluru Statement having three elements, voice, treaty and truth, um, with, with the voice to parliament coming first. Um, but, you know, that would have been different under a more um, progressive government. And, you know, and I think it was about our community saying, I mean, I wasn't there, so I can't really say that. But I think it was about being able to say, look, like there is so much change that needs to come. What are the steps along that journey and how do we get there? And so mm. for some of our models, you know, this is, um, yeah, it's not ambitious enough because it's not, um, you know, it's only one step in that journey. And I think I, I really agree with that. Like this isn't a silver bullet. It's not perfect. It's not going to fix everything. There's so much work that still needs to be, that needs to come. You know, one of my, um, colleagues actually just recently put out an article and I actually wanted to read the quote because they said, um, you know, beyond the referendum, this fight is not over and there is still work that needs to be done. And they said, I ask that your yes be a commitment to continuing to support our campaigns, standing alongside us in our fights for justice and joining us in the, uh, on the streets at our protests because yes isn't enough. And that's true. Like, you know, it's I wholeheartedly agree with those who say this isn't enough because it's not. Um, so so we need it to be yes and what are you doing next? Like, yes, and what else are you doing? Um, that's what, you know, I'd really love for those who, you know, who do really care about um, not just First Nations justice, but justice for everyone. Because I think that's the other thing that is important to note here. Like, if this is a no, it's not just a no to First Nations people. I really see a no giving power to the, like the, you know, the, the um, political players out there who were trying to gain power for themselves and their own agendas. And, and those people have come out and said harmful things about, um, you know, people with disabilities, transgender people, women, you know, the list goes on. So many different marginalized communities, migrant communities, communities of color, like the reality is, is that we're at a point in time where, you know, it, you just have to even look around the world to the UK, to the US, there is this rise of the far right extreme, you know, sort of um, views on, um, on, on our most marginalized communities. And so this affects all of us, um, you know, but, but 
in this conversation about First Nations justice, you know, it's really important that our people, um, you know, have the chance to be able to have a say on issues that affect us. Mm, It's so interesting because what you said before about, you know, it's not a clear yes or no, you know, like it's, that's such a black and white way to look at this. But I guess when you start to look at the First Nations people that are, you know, on the no campaign, it makes sense what they're saying, you know, and then you feel like, fuck, like, am I a racist for doing it, for giving a yes vote? Because I really want to be supporting what is best for everybody. Um, And I think the more that I now understand, and especially through this conversation with you, you're right. This is the tip of the iceberg for, for First Nations people to start this real history of of needing to heal and to have us as true allies, not performative, not through a BLM, not through like a moment on, on Instagram, like this is the start of a commitment. Um, and I really love that because it makes us feel like when we sign that on the dotted line on Saturday, we're in this for the long haul, like, and we should be, and we should have been f- f- hundreds of years you know, um, it feels like everyone has gotten very comfortable with the level of racism in this country. And whether that is conscious or unconscious, I think this is bringing everything up to the surface where you go, actually, what kind of person am I? Who am I in relation to another human being that has been so mistreated? And that's saying it kindly you know, has endured so much trauma and still stands with all their wisdom. Like, who am I in relation to that? And you get to do something that you're proud of on Saturday, the 14th. And I think that that is, you know, I am using my influence on this podcast, on my platforms to be able to share this information. And thank you so much for coming on and doing this because it's noisy out there. It's really noisy and no one really knows what that means. And this is something else. I heard this. So this is how dangerous it is because I thought it was true. If you don't vote, your vote's immediately a yes. That's not true. No, it just doesn't get counted. So there's, if you don't vote, you get a fine and then it doesn't count. Yeah, um, and, you know, and same goes if you, um, you know, in terms of making sure your vote counts, you, there's no boxes to tick or anything like that. You actually have to write the word Y-E-S or N-O if you're voting no. Um, if you write anything else, draw a picture, anything else, it won't be counted. That's classified as a donkey vote. But also it won't be counted if you don't vote. Um, and so, yeah, that's an absolute um, lie that has been put out there. Yeah, okay. So you have to write the word. I think that's really important. It seems dumb to say it, but I think that's really important because it can get confusing. Okay. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Is there anything else you want to add, I mean, you're doing so much work around this. Are you nervous about the outcome? 
I mean, I definitely am. Like I, I think I've been um, for all year been, you know, sort of really concerned about the message that the, this vote is going to send to the country and whether that's a message of, yes, we want, you know, we want to see justice for First Nations people and see um, see changes being made or, or no. And and that that is really concerning. But at the end of the day, as, you know, as I sort of just said before, like, this isn't going to be the silver bullet that fixes everything. There's going to be so much more work to do. And, um, and it's not even just the start. Like, I think that's what, what's important to acknowledge as well. Like it may be the start for some people, um, you know, for some of those listeners or allies who are out there who haven't really done anything, um, you know, or, or known what role they can play or what responsibility that they have to stand in solidarity with first nations people. And so if it is a start, that's totally fine. But I think, you know, I don't want to erase the generations of First Nations people that have been fighting for a better future for our people for such a long time. And there have been allies out there that have been showing up, you know, like there's been huge momentum that's been building around First Nations justice. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the rise of Black Lives Matter movement, like, um, you know, that was acknowledging that you know, the death of George Floyd in the US and, and you know, the black people in the US that had been dying, um, you know, at the hands of police and police violence, people were outraged by that internationally. But it was only when our communities here said, hey, hang on a second, like we've literally had community members who've said the same thing. I can't breathe when a first when a um, police officer has like smashed them to the ground and had a, had their um, foot on their neck, you know, like it's that's so um it, I think, yeah, people need to understand that this this is a fight that's been going on for a long time. There has been momentum that's been building. There's been incredible leadership from First Nations people, and there's but there's so much further that we need to go. And so, you know, um, I think, yeah, that's just why I'd reinforce. Like, it it needs to be yes now, and it needs to be yes, you know, going forward. And I guess I'd love for people to just reflect on, you know, what role they can play, because I think everyone does have a really important role. It's not okay to to step back and say, this is too hard. Like, um, you know, it's not about me. I'm just going to like sort of be a spectator here. Like we don't have that choice. Like as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, we're born into this. Um, we're out, we, just our existence is political in itself, you know? And so, um, you know, I think, yeah, if people do really want to show up and show solidarity, like you can do so when you go to vote, but also do like, think about what your commitment is ongoing and, I guess that's what I would share is that if people are unsure what they can do, I think right now being roughly 10 days out from the vote, but in saying that early voting is open so people actually can go to early voting centres in their areas, um, the most important thing you can do is talk to your family and friends. Mm-hmm. Write a list of three people, you know, your mum, your uncle, your sibling, your neighbour, like whoever it might be, and go and have a conversation with them. I think, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to go and straight out ask, how are you going to vote? You can say like, <laughs> hey, have you heard about the referendum? Um, what do you think about it? You know, what are, what do you think about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and, you know, the history of this country? This is why I care. Share with them why you care and what this means to you. Um, and, you know, and and I think connecting with people over those shared values and talking about the vision for the future of the world that you want to live in, that you want your kids to live in and inherit. Um, and then say like, you know, well, like we all are going to have to go and vote on this thing. And I'd really love for you to vote yes with me, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that like, don't underestimate the power of that. Um, I think that actually makes me a bit emotional really. Cause I'm just like, fuck, like if everyone could just talk to like 
three family members, like we could get this over the line. I think I've been bullying people and maybe that's not the right tactic, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) I just go zero to a hundred. I just get so angry really quickly. Maybe I should be like, I should try like a softer approach instead of like shaming them and bullying them into it. Um, Cause that might not get the thing that we want, but I do feel like, I can't imagine how frustrating it is for you if I'm feeling this frustrated because I'm just like, uh, I think, I think I'm ignorant that the bubble I live in with an open mind is that everyone is in my bubble. And when you go outside of that and you go, wow, wow, wow. Okay. We, we need to start fresh. You know, um, you just said we could get this over the line. Do you think in your gut we will? I don't know. I think, you know, there's lots of polls out there that tell you where things are at, but we've also seen polling be wrong before. Um, And so I couldn't tell you, like, I think it's, it's not until um, it's not until the 14th of October that we're going to know that outcome. But I think, like I said, people shouldn't underestimate the power of being able to go and have conversations with their family and friends because there are still a lot of people out there that are undecided. Um, you know, people often, um, undecided people often go to the polling booth still having not made their mind up. And so that's why there's people there handing out flyers, you know, like because they'll read the flyer and then they'll make up their mind in that moment. And I think if if you can have a conversation with your family and friends ahead of that and, you know, and really give them a confidence in, in what this is and the fact that um, it's really just of the principle of whether First Nations people should be able to get to have a say on matters that affect us. I think, you know, I do really think that, you know, yeah, people – People just need the ability to actually have that conversation. And I guess that's the thing, like when you when you shared just before, like your the, the bullying approach or like going in a bit too hard, like I get that because we're passionate, right? And like it can be so easy to do it. But I think when you get disengaged, it can often be because one, no one's been bothered to come and have a conversation with you about it. And so you don't even really know where you stand. Like I think a lot of people out there haven't had the chance to actually talk to someone else about this. Um, they've just seen what they've seen on the news or, you know, on their social media. And we're living in a culture war right now. Like the, you know, the, the racist no campaign created a culture war. And what that, what happens in culture wars is that people can be on two different sides of the binary, um, but they'll sink their heels in. And then you've got all these people in the middle who are just like, whoa, you know, that's, it's too toxic to get engaged. So I'm just going to step back. Um, and you know, and they don't want to ruffle feathers. They don't want to get, um, in that, um, it can be really confusing. And so it's important to be able to understand like those people in the middle, they're the ones who are going to decide what happens here, those undecided people in the middle. And so I think you need to actually connect with people and understand Mm. like we're living in a cost of living crisis. We have, you know, we've come out of COVID. There's, there is, um, huge mistrust in government, in big corporations, People are, you know, like whilst we're more connected on social media, we're less connected in, you know, the face-to-face world and actually just having relationships with our neighbours and our communities and all of that. So there's so much fear and insecurity that people can have. And I get that. Like we all understand that. So I think it's important to resonate with people and understand Mm -hmm. where they're coming from. 
and actually allow them to feel like they can engage in a conversation where they're not being patronized or dismissed or actually really understand what their perspectives are. And when you do that, you can find where is the common ground, you know, like where do they even just being able to ask the question, you know, do you think that um, people who are most affected by an issue should have a say on that? You know, and they might, they, they, everyone knows what it feels like to not be listened to or to not be taken into consideration on decisions that affect us, whether it's, you know, where you end up living or what you get for Christmas or I, I don't know, like that, not just um, the sort of things like that, but everyone knows what it feels like to not be listened to. And so people can connect with this and, and see how it, you know, see how it connects to them. Um, but I think having those conversations and having empathy in order to then be able to take people to understand, well, what is this thing? What does it mean in the bigger picture of where, who we are as a nation? Who are we as a country? You know, do, are we proud of um, who we are or what, (laughs) or what else? Oh, so interesting. I think you've just taught me something there as well, just about my manner. Um, so that's going to definitely help me because you're right. I haven't thought about the people in the middle, you know, and I guess they would tend to go and not vote or donkey vote or do something if they're just like stuck and a bit shell shocked. So super important point. What the middle actually do is that the middle can hold multiple ideas at any given time. So they can hear really racist things about First Nation people and go, oh yeah, that's true. And then they can hear, you know, the stories of our strength and pride in our culture and everything about who we are and go, yeah, that's true. Or they can say, yeah, they've been treated unfairly. They deserve better. They can hold multiple things at once. What in a, in, in a moment like an election or a referendum, they're influenced, like the way they're going to make up their mind on voting is they're influenced by what they hear most. And so if they're uh. only hearing on media and social media, all of the misinformation and disinformation, that's what they're going to go with. But if you actually have the opportunity to have a conversation with them and post on social media why you're supporting, you know, like let's try and reach these people through conversations, through social media, put up a yes sign on your fence or in your window or, you know, like visibility is important because we definitely need to yeah reach those people who aren't really sure right now and, um, and you know, only have a matter of days to work out what they're going to do. You know, when it's a... Uh, government vote just like Labor Liberal and we see on the day like numbers shift and the polls and the colours change. Will that happen in real time on after the vote? Will we see it kind of fluctuate and move? And Yeah, my understanding is that we should have um, an outcome uh, by the evening on the 14th, oh. um, if by the 15th, yeah. How will they count it that quick? Well, people have already started voting. So remote polling started last Monday. There's been early voting. Um, Over the last few years, we've seen trends that more and more people are voting early, you know, don't want to get stuck in a massive line on Saturday. Um, And so lots of people early voting. And then, um, yeah, as voting happens in all the different centres around the country, the, um, you know, volunteers and electoral commission staff are constantly counting them throughout the day. So um, it depends how close it is, but, Hopefully, we'll, we'll we'll know by the evening of the fourteenth or um or the fifteenth. So you know how you said there are some polls prior to actually seeing the results. Uh, they're not counting the real votes though; they're just going off feedback. 
those polls? Let me just clarify. So um, polling is something that can be done where you're sort of testing what people are feeling and thinking and you're asking them like those polls can be done by different, you know, outlets or whatever. But then when I say polling day, that's sorry, that's just a term like, like um, electoral polling day. So the polling booths where people go. The real one. So sorry, that's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The real one counts people have started voting so early voting started around the whole country uh, on monday or tuesday depending on whether you had a public holiday and then for remote voting that started last monday so that's out in all the different remote communities around the country the electoral commission has been going around to communities and so those votes count for people who voted in that um but don't get confused but the polling that has had some feedback on where people stand is not the actual votes. That won't be no, revealed no. until Saturday. Can you just tell me, like, top line, what people have been saying? Does it look positive? So in the last few days, there has been a shift in the increase in support for yes um, that some of the latest polls have showed. Um, but throughout the year, you know, the support for the no has definitely been rising. I think that's, yeah, partly because, you know, all of what we've previously talked about in terms of the misinformation and disinformation and racism that's been out there. Um, and so, yeah, at the moment, those polls are definitely leaning towards a no, like, um, but we're not... I think, yeah, what's important is that we're not going to know until the actual vote happens because there are still so many undecided voters out there. I know the time is ticking and you must be feeling the pressure rising and getting more and more anxious as each day goes past. I know you're very busy. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, we really needed, really needed this. I so appreciate it. Um, Anything else you want to add? I think just reiterating, like, you know, whatever you do um, in these next few days or if you've already voted, like, I hope that people see that this is an opportunity for us to have a bigger conversation about, you know, who we are as a country, where we've come from, where we need to go, what this moment means right now. But, you know, that your support and solidarity is there for us into the future, Um, you know, in order to um, you know, address all the big issues that we're facing as humanity, you know, whether it's climate change, you know, whether it's, um, you know, raising, you know, our children, our education system, health system, all these different issues, like First Nations people, um, you know, when when we lead, we get the best outcomes for our own communities, but that has an impact on everyone. And, and you know, we do make up such a small number of the population. And so in order to get the big change that we need to see, and the referendum is an example of that, um, we need allyship. We need people to be in solidarity with us. And so, you know, protecting country, stopping en- um, deaths in custody, um, uh, you know, keeping kids in community, having, you know, better health outcomes for everyone, all of this is is important right now and, and it's going to continue to be into the future. So, yeah, I would have loved coming on here with you, Zoe. It's been awesome. Um, hopefully we could even have another chat, you know, because I think that, yeah, this, this is an ongoing conversation that needs to continue um, beyond the referendum. And, yeah, I just really appreciate the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to be able to um, add to the conversation, I guess. Thank you for your energies for this it's you know you know how important it is but I really appreciate that you are really dedicating yourself to this so so it needs it needed to be you so thank you I appreciate it (laughs) 
And I'd love to send, um, you know, when, when this goes out, if possible, we'd love to send a link to a few different resources if people want to read more. Um, and for those who do want to commit to going and talking to their family and friends as well, there's a, um, you know, a place where you can go and sign up and you can, um, you know, you can uh, commit to, yep, I'm going to talk to three friends. And then you'll actually get a reminder text a couple of days later Ooh. to say, how did you go? Oh, my and gosh. So there's so some accountability good. there for people. I love that. I'll do it. I mean, I talk to everyone anyway, but I'll do it. Um, we'll put that link in our show notes. I think that's awesome. Awesome. And they can use this as a resource. They can go if you don't, if you still don't understand what I'm saying, listen to the podcast or, you know, look at Millie's Instagram or we just don't want them to get confused or lost on the way. So brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Are you subscribed to The Deeper membership? You'll get every episode a week early and ad-free. There's also a bonus episode every fortnight, even during holidays. I never stop for the deeper. I've created so much premium content for you there. It's only $4.99 a month, which is like $1.25 a week. Subscribe to The Deeper on Apple Podcasts or Acast Plus for Android. Links are in the show notes.